Hello, today we are going over a doctrine of the future, and it's the last judgment. Second Peter three ten through 13 is the key verses. I'll go ahead and read it real quick. It says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. The author says the Bible speaks of a final judgment, often referring to it as the day of the Lord. On that day, Christ will return to expel evil and injustice from earth once and for all. No evil, however small, will go unpunished, except for the sins of believers. We are covered by the work of Christ, and every wrong will be made right. At first glance, it appears that Peter teaches that this last judgment will result in destruction of all creation, a devastating and 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 uh, I don't know that word on sorry on the pervasiveness of human sin and corruption in this final judgment God's justice is frightening yet it is also a sign of his mercy what Peter describes here is not so much full destruction as it is a complete renovation the fire of God's holiness will burn off the impurities of creation, thus refining it. For in the end, we look forward to a new material creation, a new heaven and a new earth, where all unrighteousness will have been burned away and all things will have been made new by God himself. And its promises to be a place finally that feel, finally feels like home. He continues on saying, if God is going to destroy the world, as Peter says, then how can our work have lasting value? How can we possibly participate in building God's kingdom if everything on earth is going to be destroyed? British missionary and theologian Leslie New, uh, New Biggin wrestled with such questions in his lecture, The Kingdom of God and the Idea of Progress. New Biggin said, that most of us rightly shrink from the phrase building the kingdom of God, not because God's kingdom doesn't call for our labor, but because we know that even our best work is tainted by egotism, pride, and selfish ambition. And such work itself is not fit for the kingdom, yet God is in the business of redeeming. He uses broken people and circumstances to accomplish his purpose, and the final judgment tells us he will once and for all refine all who we are. As Newbiggin New put it, just as God raised up Jesus from the dead, so he will raise us up from the dead. And that just as that Jesus had been in the days of his flesh, seemed on Easter Saturday, to be buried in the final failure in oblivion, yet was by God's power raised to new life in the dust of failure 
oh, new life and power again. So all the faithful labor of God's servants, which time seems to bury in the dust of failure, will be raised up, will be found to be there, transfigured in the new kingdom. Every faithful act of service, every honest labor to make the world a better place, which seem to have been forever lost and forgotten in the rubble of history, will be seen on that day to have contributed to the perfect fellowship of God's kingdom. Newbigin takes a serious takes seriously death and judgment, both for us individuals and for our work. It is nothing less than an obliterating shadow in the rubble of history. Yet the degree to which we take the devastation of this judgment seriously is the same degree to which we recognize its renewing power. It is the work of God who is making all things new. Every part of who we are, says Newbigin, will undergo the radical renovation, even our work. It is not useless then, but incredibly important. It has lasting value, even if it's going to be refined. Knowledge of God's final judgment helps us acknowledge that our work, even when done in the best intentions, is stained by sin. We should not be surprised when we discover that our best intentions are often misguided or that our work has less has led to unintended negative consequences. This knowledge also helps us to see that while certain in initiatives fail this side of eternity, they aren't necessarily a waste of time or energy in the end. The gospel tells us that the success and failures in this world does not determine the value of an endeavor. God alone is the judge. This is both sovereign and encouraging. He can redeem anything he wants, and he is using all things together for the good of those who love him. Romans 8.28 And that can give us strength to pursue even the most monotonous work and to press on after failures, even when we don't readily see what good could come from them. And then now for the portion that talks about um, a person that's at work giving giving their example. I work in, the, oh, and it says a manager at an end-of-life care nonprofit. I work in quality control for a nonprofit that cares for people who are dying. My main task is to ensure we comply with government regulations. I started working as an on-call nurse on weekends. I have also been the admissions nurse and have served as clinical managers. When my son went to college, I went back to school. Now, in addition to working, I'm a graduate student studying to become a nurse practitioner, working with a team that is concerned with caring for long-term care patients, not seeing, not seeking to find a quick diagnosis or a quick fix is rewarding to me. By the time our patients come to us, they have accepted the inevitability that they will die. This doesn't mean they aren't afraid of the dying process. We help take away that fear by explaining how death happens and what stages are of death. We also take care of their physical and spiritual and emotional needs. In other words, we offer them hope. Not hope for a cure, but hope that they will not suffer unnecessarily at the end. The treatments we give our patients cannot save them, but they can give them at home 
keep them at home with their families. The nonprofit where I work is not faith-based, but it recognizes that there is a spiritual aspect to the process of dying. The goal of our chaplains is to meet the spiritual needs of the patient, whether or not those patients are Christian. We once had a Buddhist patient, and our staff researched the death beliefs and practices of Buddhism. As a Christian, I know that a final judgment is calling for all people. So this aspect of my work is a struggle for me. I don't get to share the gospel with every patient, but I'm praying constantly, asking for the Spirit to guide me and looking for opportunities that He provides. We bring, which, what brings me deep consolation is knowing that along with judgment will also be a glorious resurrection that will vanquish all brokenness I see day to day. Knowing that one day this world will be transformed helps me sense the importance of where I have been placed and the hope I can offer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the words that Peter has written in the Last Judgment and also the the interpretation that the author took on it. Um, to be honest, before reading this uh, this section, I've always taken it as being like a complete destruction. And I have fallen into the camp before of um, not wanting to participate in kingdom building because knowing that uh, what I do is tainted, it, you know, it kind of almost like the concept of why bother it's just going to get you know destroyed anyways um or especially after i've seen the negative consequences that have happened when i've tried to do something good but ended up bringing immense pain to others um it sometimes would make me want to just give up altogether and not try because it seemed better to not try than to cause the pain to others. But you are a gracious God and you Holy Spirit often come and show me that that is not the mindset I should have. I should remember that you are always working in me, that you will not finish the work that you started until you return, Jesus. So I should have faith that what you're doing in me is you're you're working out your sanctification and um, process in me, and that your grace covers all things that I do. Um, and you know, in the end. Your good works are seen, which I really do appreciate. And I, I do appreciate how the author is putting it as um, a, a, another light of, of seeing that, that we can still participate now. And then I also really loved the portion, Father from the the manager at the end of life care who they talked about 
seeing all the pain that happens day to day, helping in that, knowing that it's going to be restored. All that brokenness will be unbroken when you come to the end. That look of hope is hard to do. So I I ask, Father, that you... um, that you help myself and all those listening to not give up on the good work, to not um, not be willing to try to build your kingdom, to be okay with knowing that, yes, our intentions are are sometimes misguided and we don't realize that. But as we continue to... Um, talk with you and work with you, you will show those things to us. And as we uh, continue to um, work with you and follow you, your grace covers uh, the the areas we're working on. So we, and you're continuing to work in us, so we don't need to have fear of that. And when we get frustrated with seeing the brokenness that happens at our workplaces or with our families or even in the news and what's going on around the world, that we can have hope and trust that um, on that final day when this the old is gone and the new has come of, of your creation, all those impurities will be taken away. They will be refined and... Um, everything will be made right. I thank you for the ability to participate with you in this. I ask all this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.